This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All ha, ha, ha. You're on the crazy train. All <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. That's right, folks. It's the second hour of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. Mitch is filling in for Sam today on the boards, and he's doing so quite adequately. He's doing a good job. Well, thank you. Anyway, yeah, you're welcome, Mitch. And, uh, yeah, just flowing along smoothly. Anyway, um, you know, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We're live. We're unrehearsed. It's kind of a wacky ride on the crazy train. But if you want to be part of it, all you got to do is call us at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. And if you got any emails, send them to the CEO guys at yahoo.com. That's CEO guys at yahoo.com. And right now on the phone, we've got Mr. John Carlson. Of tell us the name of your store, John. It's Ross's Sport Shop in Phillips, Wisconsin. Oh, I almost thought it was going to be called Carlson's. No, <laughs> no. So no. tell us a little bit about uh, about your shop up there. Um, it's it's a small mom and pop style shop. It's uh, packed for packed with all the stuff you need for fishing in the area. Um, have a pretty emph- pretty big emphasis on musky fishing. Um, have an online store, um, do some of the shows. We do the uh, Madison Fishing Expo and the Wisconsin Muskie Expo in Wausau. Um, so, um, yeah, we get around. We do a lot of fishing. We've got a guide service, uh, run uh, a few guides out of the shop, and, you know, just kind of. Now, 
do you guide just for muskies, or can people get guides for different species of no, fish? No, we, we do multi species in muskies. Um, you know, we we all like musky fishing, so uh, so we try to try to do as much as we can. But we we uh, you know we all grew, all the guides that are on on the staff grew up in the area and uh, and know most of the lakes. So uh, you know we can put you on walleyes, we can put you on smallies, we can put you on tanfish. Um, you know we got a pretty good pulse on everything, so. What's how the, uh, how is the musky fishing going? It's a little challenging this year. We've we just had a uh, um, we've had a lot of rain this year, and like uh, Saturday we had anywhere from two to uh, seven inches of rain in the area, Ooh. and uh, the water's Ooh, wow. super high. So so wow. it's, it's been challenging this year. How what about the, the water temperatures? Water temperatures are actually way down because of all that rain. We have a lot of flowages, so. Um, so the water temps are actually not too bad. Um, you're looking at uh, low to mid 70s on most lakes right now. Okay. What are some of the more popular bod- bodies of waters by you? Well, we have what, what we call the Phillips Chain right here in town. There's 1,200 acres of uh, of water, four lakes. Um, Butternut Lake is really close. Um, we're 45 minutes from the Turtle Flamble Flowage, so a lot of our customers fish that. Um, Pike and Round Lake, you know, we're kind of stuck right between Manaqua and... Uh, Hayward, so um, you know, really good, really good area now, of fish. Troy, uh, Troy was telling me you have some kind of a outing for veterans or something up there. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Joel Walsack from Smokies and I teamed up and we started the Wisconsin Veterans Fishing Camp, and um, we have a resort here that donates. Uh, uh, three or four days that uh, we can bring vets into camp. Um, we usually bring 14 to 15 vets into camp, and um, everything's paid for. Uh, if they don't have a license, we buy a license for them. All their food's paid for. We have uh, 10 guides that give up their time and uh, and take them out fishing. And uh, you know they can a lot of musky fishing, but um, but we take them out for bluegills or walleyes or whatever they want to fish for. And uh, um, you know, we kind of wine and dine them for the for the three days and try to give a little bit back. That well, sounds like what, a great cause, yeah. You, so you've been doing that for several years now. Since and 2013, is it, I think, was the first year we did Okay. Wow. And, and then do you do that, like, at a certain time, fall then, or it's is it usually some... the first full week of October every year. So this year it's October 5th, 6th, and 7th, I believe, are the dates that the vets are going to be in camp. Gotcha. Well, that's probably prime time for people to uh, to get on up there then and, and yeah. give it a shot. How about as far as uh, the hunting up there? Do you get involved with any grouse hunting or anything up there, or have any guides for 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 that? I, I don't I don't get involved in uh, in hunting, but a couple of the guides that work out of the shop do guide for birds. And if somebody calls up here and wants to uh, get on a bird hunt or a bear hunt, um, I have connections to to get you on birds or bear. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. we're talking to uh, Paul, uh, John, excuse me, John Carlson from, what's the name of the place Ross's. again? I'm sorry. Ross, Ro- Ross's Sports Shop. Ross's? Yep. Okay, from Ross's Sports Shop in Phillips, Wisconsin. And I've been there before. I fished a few of the lakes up around your area. Yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a beautiful area. And if, if somebody, you know, wants to contact you and has any questions, how would they get a hold of you? Um, our telephone number is 715 715- Three three nine three six two five, or you can get all our information on our website. It's rossesonline.com. Um, has 
our online store on it. it has our uh, guide information on it and all our contact information. Okay. And how's the other fishing going, the walleyes and the smallies and all that? Um, smallmouth bass have been doing uh, doing pretty good. Um, you know, we've been we've been getting some nice smallies. With the high water kind of pushed everything tight into the cover, so we've been we've been pitching a lot of uh, tubes and uh, you know, like senkos. We've been skipping them up underneath the, the overhanging trees and docks and stuff. And the smallies are all shallow, so it's almost like uh, it's kind of weird. It's almost like you're spring fishing when they go up under the wow. pile. They're, yeah. they're just all stacked up there. Do you have any largemouth up for you? We do. Um, um, there's some largemouth lakes. Um, most of the lakes I fish are primarily smallmouth, mm-hmm. um, but we can get you on largemouth too. Um, have some lakes that have a really good frog bite going on right now, and uh, um, you know the walleye fishing is actually starting to come around again too. Um, was listening to you guys earlier. You're talking about jig and a half a night crawler. That is like the best, the best way to fish them right now. Thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You make Tom. You yeah. make Tom feel good. Yeah. You, right. valid, you validated me. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hey, hey John. <laughs> I was talking earlier during the yeah. show about if you had one bait for each species of fish, what would it be? And uh, for pike, I mentioned the Johnson silver minnow. Um, if, if if you watched our Facebook page. Uh... This week, at the Ross's Sport Shop Facebook page, I do a fishing report every week, and uh, I featured the Johnson Silver Minnow. I, that thing catches more fish, um, pike, largemouth bass, you know, the occasional muskie. That's a great all-around bait. Yeah, I, I, in fact, uh, I caught a couple big pike I'll be talking about later on the show. I caught some big pike on it this past week. And, you know, I had that Johnson Silver Minnow in John, and I hadn't probably used it in 20 years but I pulled that thing out when I went up there and I thought these always used to work especially in the weeds and I had a little split tail tweezer a little teaser tail on the back that I put on 20 years ago and I'll tell you that thing those pike just hammered it right right yeah yeah Yeah, like a like a Mr. Twister you break it off part way part way up from the tail hook it on there and and the fish go nuts over it yeah, and, and, and bass, too. You know, right. I, I'd almost forgotten, but y- you can catch bass with that as well. So just yeah. kind of like yep. a good all-around There's, there's kind bait. of an action lake that we take people to that have uh, a lot of pike in it and a lot of largemouth. And, I mean, that's that's the main thing I'll throw if, uh, it, you know, especially if they never fished before. You can uh, you can pull that weed guard up on that on that silver minnow and make sure it's you know so the hook doesn't get hooked up on the weeds and they they just don't get snagged up you throw it out reel it in and it's just a nice easy way to catch fish and it's fun when they're eating now you mentioned you mentioned a bass lake there as well with a frog bite uh are you talking like guys throwing like the top water rubber frogs and stuff yeah, the topwater rubber frogs. There's a lot of lily pads and like the, that uh, grass that grows uh, and kind of lays down on the water. Um, you know, really sloppy, fun stuff yep. to get cast up into. Yeah, I guess th- my only problem with those frogs is hooking up on the fish that hit. But Tom, Tom here tells me to bend the hooks out on them a little bit. Yeah, and that that helps. If you buy a better quality frog too, they have better hooks on them, and they seem to seem to be better. Um, you know, some of the cheaper frogs have smaller hooks, and they don't hook up as good. And when you get that hit, you want to kind of 
kind of treat it like live bait, kind of drop your rod a little bit and give the fish a little bit of slack and then set really hard. Um, you seem to hook up more. That, a, a lot of people you know, John, strike and they oh. pull it right out of their mouth. You know, I've been telling people that for years. You're right, exactly right. Yeah, if you hit it on the strike, you're going to miss a lot of those fish. you gotta, right. you got to make sure that fish has got it in its mouth, you know. Because yep. uh, sometimes they don't always get it in the mouth right away, you know. It takes them a couple of, you know, they come up and they hit it, but it takes them a second to suck it in, you know. Right, right. And, yeah, you gotta wait. you got to wait that second or two. Yeah, yeah, yep. you're exactly right. I guess my problem, guys, is as a kid with the adrenaline going, if I was fishing from shore, as soon as I saw saw that fish try and hit on the surface, I'd react so quick that all I three behind me on shore after I after I yanked on that thing, man. I never could hook up. Of course that was with the old two dollar and ninety-nine cent snag proof frog. Right. <laughs> the old, they've had those around for sixty years. They never yeah. hooked up. Only catch a lot yeah. of fish. Yeah, that's definite, definite. Where's so Ross's? You're in Phillips. Uh, where? What? Uh, where's your location? Uh, just if someone's driving up there, rough idea as far as uh, what road you're on. Um, we're right on Highway 13, and there's the big blue Phillips water tower. We're almost right underneath it. Um, really easy to find. Gotcha. And you're open right. seven days a week. We're open seven days a week. We open every day at 6 a.m. We're open. Uh, Till nine o'clock on Fridays, and most nights we're open till at least seven o'clock. Okay. All right. One one last question, John. One last question. What's the price of night crawlers? Um, up here. By you. They're three dollars yeah. a dozen. All right. Yeah. Price is going up. I hear it's it, going to go up a little bit more too. It is. Yeah. They just they just yeah. told us that uh, our you know our uh, our wholesale price is going to increase like twenty cents. Oh wow. Okay. Oh. I know that's too bad for us, but what are you going to do, right? Right. You know, that's what it, the way it is. Well, right. this is, uh, we're talking to John Carlson from Ross's Sports Shop up there in Phillips, Wisconsin. And, John, I want to thank you for spending some time with us. We keep hearing your buzzer going off. Somebody, people are coming in the shop. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll let you get back to work. Yep. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very much for talking yep. with us. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. All right, Danny. It's, uh. Well, you know what? It's time for a break. It is. Time and, for a uh, break. You know, yeah, and, uh, you know, when you were saying before about how, um, you know, when you wake up in a place, you don't know where you are and all that, uh, I got a story for that when we come back to kind of, like, build on that just a little bit, if you don't mind. It'll only take about two minutes, all right? Not n- not a problem, Thomas. Uh, all right, Thomas. folks, we're going to be, okay. Knows everything. We're going to be right back. Back. We're brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attract. Oh, Baitmate Fish Attractants, and uh, we are the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Stay tuned for more. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are presented by Baitmate Coleman Insect Repellents. I'm Dan Bush, along with Tommy the True Newbauer. Okay, Danny, I was going to tell you, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, waking up and not knowing where you are sometimes, you know. Now, that doesn't happen when we're at home. It's only when we're traveling, of course. But one time, a number of years back, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was in this really nice hotel, and uh, I was there for the big sport fishing industries trade show, you know, the, the fishing industries trade show, 
and I had to do a few plastic uh, worm uh, presentations. Well, anyway, um, and I always leave the bathroom door light on, and I leave the, the, the door ajar a little bit so that if I do wake up in the middle of the night, have to go to the bathroom or something, you know, I'm not stubbing my toes on the bed or on chairs or whatever. So anyway, in the middle of the night, I'm down there, and uh, I, I don't know, I think it was my first night down there, and I woke up, and I sat up on the side of the bed, and I looked around, and nothing looked familiar to me. And for a second, I swear to God, I thought I was in the twilight zone or I'd been abducted. The hair stood up on my arms. I started getting goosebumps. I started hyperventilating. And then I realized where I was. So, but for about that five seconds, man, I'm telling you, I was scared <laughs> for about five seconds. That was, that was just the weirdest feeling, you know? And so, yeah, I, that's, that, that's really strange. Hey, there's one quick thing I got to tell you though. One quick thing, if you're interested in having any kind of photography work done, Studio 360 Photo is run by our good friend Dave Olson. Not only is Dave Olson a friend of ours, he's also the advertising manager for the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Dave Olson is located in Pewaukee, Wisconsin, and he's got over 40 years of experience in the field of photography. I mean, it, it's he's got all kinds of different things. They could be professional business portraits. They could be updates for uh, different kind of uh, uh, products. They could be senior photo sessions, whatever. He's got a lot of deals going on right now because, you know, this, this virus has hit him too because people didn't want to go out and mingle and do whatever. But he's open for business, folks, and uh, he's really good at what he does. So you can always, uh, there's two ways of getting a hold of him. You can call him at 262-227-3354. Or probably the best way is go on his website, studio360photo.net. That's studio360photo.net. And uh, I think you'll be glad you did if you check them out if you need any kind of photo work. Well, anyway, it looks like uh, Danny's phone is on the fritz again. And they're they're working on it, so they're gonna get them back. Yeah, now, I, I think I think oh. we we lost Bushy for a for a moment here, but Ray, our friend yeah. Ray in Milwaukee had a question about the oh the mini mite lures. Yeah, send put them on. If yeah. you well, he's he's not with us anymore. Uh, I, mean, oh. I, I think he's alive, but he's just not uh, not not on hold uh, anymore. <laughs> not with but us anymore. I, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that, Tom. About the mini mites? Mini what mites. did he want to know just about them? Wh whether you hook them onto the right under the hook or well, or yeah, well, mini mites are basically they're uh, they're a thirty second ounce jig and they got about an inch and a half inch tail and the tail is actually patented. Don't ever try to copy it because it's got a patent on it. It's kind of like a bell shape at the end of the tail and it wiggles. It, it's impervious to us in the water, but fish know it's wiggling. And I'm telling you what, I mean, you tie it on your line, preferably about four pound test, no other weight whatsoever, no snaps, tied direct to it. And you can fish it under a bobber, like in the springtime or in the summertime, you know, fish down the deep weed line edges, that'll work great. Or you can put a bobber on it in the summer, fish it around the docks. Uh, they just work really good. So Ray, try the mini mites. I guarantee them I've caught, I have caught, I, I swear to God, I think I've caught every species of fish you're able to catch on a mini mite in Wisconsin, uh, inland waters, not not Lake Michigan, but inland waters, because other fish accidentally bite them too, you know. So, Danny, are you back? Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> All right. Let Neubauer come over. I, I got to tell you about. You? Yes, yes, you are. 
Okay, okay I got to tell you that. I, I told you a little bit about this last night, but I got to tell you. Okay. Um, back in 1972, I think it was, Daiwa came out with their MagForce reels. Those are the reels that got the little uh, dial on the side, and they 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 got a magnetic spool slowdown. Okay, so you don't so you get fewer backlashes. Right. So anyway, at the time they were they were kind of they weren't cheap at the time, and they were brand new. And I bought two of them, and those darn things have been lasting me. I mean, from '72, let's see you now, '82, '92, 2002, 2012. Oh my God. That's twenty. That's four, 48 years I've been using those darn things, right? I think, well, my goodness, that's a long time. So anyway, and my father-in-law bought one too. So, well, actually, he bought two. When my father-in-law passed away, he gave one to his son and one to me. So anyway, so I had three of them. Well, guess what? This last week, one of them died on me. It finally bit the bucket. Now, they don't come with a lifetime warranty, Danny, so I couldn't send it back and get a new one. Oh. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Send back a, a 90-year-old St. Croix rod. Well, anyway, I couldn't do that. So I ordered a, a new reel. and But I'll tell you, the trouble I had of, I mean, our, we got a, I go through a supplier, sports specialists in uh, Germantown, and they're really big. They service over 1,000 accounts in the, in the Midwest. I tried getting a Daiwa, forget it, they're all out. I tried getting a, a Shimano, forget it, they're all out. I tried getting a Fluger, forget it, they're all out. I tried getting an Okuma, forget it, they're all out. They had one left, and I never heard of the company. And it's not a cheap reel. The company is called 13 Fishing. Have you ever heard of that one, Danny? What, 13 Fishing? 13 Fishing, that's the name of the company. Never heard of it. I, I'd never heard of it either. But they had one of those reels. So I said, and it was a high-speed reel, which I wanted. I said, they only had one. I said, I'll take it. Send it to me. Because you know? <laughs> I got to have at least three baitcasters with me. you know. Uh, but I still have the other two MagForce reels that were bought in 1972. And those still are working fine. So uh, maybe some days those will die. But you know what? I never thought of it, Danny. I threw it away, okay? I threw it out in the garbage, and I didn't want to go get it back. But I went on eBay looking for another one like that. You know, they have those same reels selling them for parts. They don't work anymore. They're just selling them for parts for like $40, $50. I, I went, you got to be kidding me, you know? Uh, but, yeah, they're not cheap, you know, just to find them on eBay, the same reels, you know, old ones. I don't know why people want the old ones so much, but then again, they did last. You know, you know, I can't, I can't complain. You were talking about the magnetic drag, and I have some uh, Abu Garcia reels. Um, they're green. I bought them. Geez, I don't know, maybe I don't know, 20 years, 15, 20 years ago. And yeah. Garcia doesn't make them anymore. But they were like your classic, you know, 5500, 6500 bait cast series. But they had a magnetic drag mm -hmm. along with the mechanical brake. And I'll tell you what, sure. when I have that set just right, those reels are virtually backlash proof. I can take and throw a cast into the wind and totally have my thumb off the spool and it won't backlash. And I got three of them and they're like gold. 
what's his name? Dave over at Badger Real Repair has had to repair them. You know, every couple of years I got to take them in and have them, you know, up to snuff. But I got three of them. And for clients fishing muskies who aren't used to uh, bait casters, they're like gold. I mean, they work great. So when you say those Daiwas, you're talking about size uh, casting reel, correct? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and they, they were the first. I was going to say they were the first. They were the first ones who came out with that magnetic spool slowdown, and then after the patent had worn out, after like 25 years, and everybody started making them, you know, and uh, it 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 really does work too. It works extremely well. Yeah. Gotcha. It, what? Hey, Tom, tell me the dif- difference for you bass guys. When would you be using a spinning reel? And when would you be using a bait caster? What's the difference? Why two uh, bait different caster, reels? They can use heavier line and heavier lures. That's what okay. it's mainly for is heavier lures. Uh, you don't want to put light lures on uh, on a spinning, I mean, on a bait caster. You'll never cast it, get it out anywhere. That's when you need the spinning outfits. Uh, you'll notice that a lot of southern bass pros, uh, you know, they, they joke about using uh, uh, wimpy wimp sticks or whatever, noodle rods they call the spinning outfits. But... When they're fishing smallmouth bass and they're using six and eight pound test line and they're using light light lures, let's say like a Ned rig, uh, oh yeah, all of a sudden they're all using those uh, wimp sticks that they joke about. But when you're throwing, you know, jig and pigs and you're throwing spinner baits and buzz baits and stuff like that, yes, a, a bait caster you can you get away with heavier line and you can throw heavier lures very well with them. It's just like musky rods too, you know. Musky rods, you can throw big baits with heavy line, you know. And well, you don't you don't see many spinning rods in with muskies, you know, equipment. I I will put a plug in, you know. I did get a spinning rod clients who can't use a bait caster, although I've got those ones I said are so good. Uh, but if someone does need to use a spinning rod, I found. A pen rod. It's pen is typically the you know like ocean fishing you think about. Right. It's called right. a pen battalion. So it's a pen battalion. Fast action, and it can handle 30 to to uh, 65 pound braid and a one to four ounce lure. I got a Shimano reel on this puppy, and let me tell you, it works great for throwing regular size musky baits, bucktails, spinner baits. And I caught some big pike on a Johnson Silver Minnow this last week, which I'll be talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to go to a break now. So when we come back from the break, you're going to tell us all about that, right? I'm going to tell you all about that. And I'm going to tell our listeners some spots that they could go and possibly catch a trophy pike. And I'm going to tell them right where to go. All righty. I better get my paper and pencil ready to write it down. All right, folks, you heard him. He's going to be uh, sharing it all when we come back here on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors right here on 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. We're glad you're hanging around with us this morning on a beautiful Saturday morning. Now, Danny, are you there? Yes, I am here. All right. Good. Because my you're app gonna... wasn't working, I had to call in like one of our listeners. Yeah, okay. Well, that's okay as long as we can hear you good. And uh, you're going to tell us about some big pike. Take it away. 
I want to talk a little pike here. Now, I, w- I got my uh, In Fisherman magazine uh, recently, and they have their Master Angler Awards, Tom. And, you know, they got it listed by each species, and now it's pretty much, it used to all be by weight, but now they're pretty much going by, by length. And under the northern pike category, there's two giant pike listed. They're, they were both caught by uh, a Mr. Walt Paulson from Gurney, Illinois. One was 45.5 inches, caught on July 12th last year. The other was 45 inches, caught on July 14th last year. Both caught on a booker tail and both caught in the Mississippi River in July. They weren't caught ice fishing like a lot of big pike are caught. You know, some people fish those backwaters of the Mississippi. wasn't caught in the fall. It was caught in July. And, Tom, I would be willing to bet I got a good idea how he caught those fish. I would say he's in a specific spot. So I'm going to kind of read a little bit now and explain what the heck I'm talking about. I've got the uh, In Fisherman Pike book, the Handbook of Strategies. It was first uh, published in 1983, so I'm going to quote a little bit directly from there. So here we go. Okay. Uh, This will explore a completely new concept in fishing for trophy northern pike. The supporting evidence has been gathered over a 10-year period on the Minnesota-Wisconsin boundary portion of the Mississippi River and is known only to a small group of biologists and a few of their fishing companions. There are some indications, however, that the concept also applies to other big rivers and possibly some lakes with the proper environmental conditions. Our first discovery of one of the spots came strictly by accident. It was late July, and walleye fishing on Lake Pepin on the Minnesota-Wisconsin border had been slow. So we were trolling Head and Sonics along shore trying to locate a productive area. To make a long story short, we hooked and played out the biggest northern of our life, only to lose it at the boat. Estimated weight of the fish was 25 to 30 pounds. During the next few weeks, we worked the spot over tirelessly, hoping the big one would strike again. It didn't, but 46 other pike, averaging only over 10 pounds each, did, and they were all taken from an area no more than 20 feet square. Now, the book goes on to talk about how they were thinking, well, this is a good area, we got good weeds here, good shoreline, and then they thought, wait a second, this entire river has the same weeds and shoreline. That can't be it. But then they unlocked the puzzle, and this is uh, Dick Sternberg's explanation. Now, Dick Sternberg was a fishing bio- biologist. He also wrote uh, a book, Northern Pike and Muskie Strategies. So here's uh, Dick Sternberg's discovery. It was New Year's Day, and I'd had it with watching football, so I decided to try some northern fishing. I bought some big sucker minnows and hit it and headed for my pike hotspot to try some ice fishing. When I reached the foot of the hill to step out on the ice, I was surprised to see a small strip of open water along the shore in the exact spot where all the pike were taken in the past summer. Tiny springs flowing into the lake were keeping the water open. Suddenly, it all made sense. The big pike were seeking out cold water when summer temperatures climbed out of their preferred temperature range. So basically, the spring, it, it, those spring holes can be magic spots for pike. And when I look at this in fisherman book, and this guy got two big ones in July on the Missis- Mississippi River, I'd be willing to bet, Tom, that he was fishing a spring hole. 
Now, I'll tell my own experience, and years ago I might have mentioned this on the air, about a, a hot spot for pike that my cousin discovered uh, many years ago as kids. Uh, in the early 70s, we used to fish the St. Louis River up by uh, Superior Duluth. And we got some, you know, maybe 34 inches, 8 pounds was the biggest. But my cousin would always talk about there's some place on the river here where they catch 20-pound pike. He says, I don't know where it is, but he just heard stories. Now, we were kids. I was probably 14. He was 13. But I thought it was just like old fairy tale. Well, he never did find that spot. Uh, he and I actually went up and down and covered miles trying to find this magical spot. We never, we never did find it. So when he got out of the Marines in the mid-90s, or excuse me, mid-80s, I guess it was, he was walking along the river one day, and he saw a couple guys, and this guy was trying to stuff about a 12-pound pike into his wader and hide it. When he walks out there, and he recognizes a couple guys that he knew from high school. And he, the guy pulled the pike out of his wader, and, and they begrudgingly admitted that they were catching a bunch of big pike. So he wait, my cousin then waited out there and started catching fish. But the big thing that he noticed when he waited out there was the cold water around his feet. And hence he found the secret hot spot is what my cousin called it. For years, he was the only guy who fished it. Those guys that he discovered there, once he came back with musky gear and really started cleaning up on the big pike, it's kind of like those guys took the ball and went home. They, they quit fishing it. He never saw anybody ever fish there again. But his best day... One time, he told me in one hour's time, he got five pike over 15 pounds. Another time, he caught one that put the hand scale that he had down to 22 pounds, and it broke at that point. So he never did get an accurate weight on that one. So I went back to that secret spot because in 1992, I drove all night long, and on my fifth cast, I got a 42-inch, 17-pound northern that I'm looking at on the wall right now. But I went back to the secret spot with Troy Woodrow, and I took the old Johnson Silver Minnow, and I also took the old Fudley Stump Hog, and I caught, um, what did I get, 34, 36, 38-incher. So I got three big pike. Now, they weren't in there real thick yet, but they were there. And as, as the hot weather continues, it should only get better on through the month of August. So I might, might go back. Um, but as far as um, other spots to try, um, I would suggest if somebody wants to try to get some big pike, the La Crosse River, uh, which co comes, it runs into the Mississippi, basically. Um, I've got the uh, uh, fishing handbook here. It's uh, the Sportsman's Connection Southern Wisconsin Fishing Map Guide. And there's a guy, a biologist, uh, by the name of, uh, let's see, what is his name? I guess I don't have it here. But he's talking about, a DNR guy, about some places to fish. And he's talking about the La Crosse River. And he says, every fish species that's in the Mississippi is in the La Crosse up to Lake Neshonic. Uh, Jordan Weeks, D DNR fishing biologist in La Crosse. Uh, he says this, big pike, he said, prefer cool water and can be found where small cold trout streams dump into the La Crosse. So I got my uh, the trout guide, which has all the trout streams uh, on it. So you can get that Guide to Wisconsin Trout Fishing Regulations says all the trout streams. And I looked at what trout stream or cold water streams, creeks are drop are going into that La Crosse River. 
And there's three of them. One is called Gillis, uh, Gillis Cooley Creek, Larson Cooley Creek. And then there's about four different ones that converge and meet and go into the La Crosse River right at the west end of Neshonic Lake. And I would be willing to bet that if you went up and explored some of those spots where those cold streams come into the La Crosse River there, that you could possibly get yourself a trophy pike. You know, Danny, when you when you uh, were first talking about this the spot that they found and couldn't figure out why all the pike were there, I swear to God, I'm sitting here th- thinking there's got to be underground springs. Got to be. Uh, I mean, because I've seen that in some of our area lakes where there's underground springs and you find more fish by them. You know, so that is def. I yeah, I buy that a hundred percent. Hey, Danny, we got to take a break, okay? Gotcha. And uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Bill Beal of Sportsman's Den. So uh, stay tuned, folks. Is yeah. he going to give I, you a deal on night crawlers? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> so stay tuned, folks. We're brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants right here on the Crazy Train, the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll be right back. Mitch is picking some funkadelic music this morning, eh? Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's fitting, right? Funky music, right, boy? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So anyway, we're back, and uh, we got one more segment to go. Oh, you know what? We forgot, uh, well, we didn't play the the last segment song, but that's all right. We, we give you a break on that. Uh, Sam probably didn't tell you about that, Mitch, did he? He probably uh, didn't. No, nope. and, and I'm yeah, having technical difficulties uh, a little bit back here, so. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's that's, a, that's okay. I it's can no, sing it. No problem. Final countdown. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I knew that. Sorry. Yeah. That was good. Uh, so anyway, uh, on the line right now, we have Mr. Bill Beal from Sportsman's Den on 54th and Villard. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, guys. How's everything? Hey. Good, good. You should be pretty busy this morning, huh? No, you know, it's really died off this last two weeks. It's crazy. It's been busy really? in the afternoon. Nobody's getting up. It's it's weird. I'm kind of like, wow, oh, I should wow. just go fishing in the morning. They're not even open. But yeah, the, best really? bite wow. I got to re- the best bite I got to report right now is the mosquito bite. <laughs> getting a little oh. slow out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> the mosquitoes are Get the well, Yep. Hey, now, we've been talking... You- Go ahead. Yeah. You really got me going with the springs because I used to scuba dive the lakes around here. And it just reminded me of how many fish you can find around the cooler springs coming out of that water. Um, North Lake is one, one, one place in particular where the perch would hang. It's right by the springs. You find those springs and they're shallow and the fish are all over the place with that cool yeah. water. So what if, what how much is a dozen night crawlers selling by your place? Oh, right, right away, Tom's trying to work you for a deal, Bill. <laughs> well, no, I, I we talked to a, a guy. No, yeah, no, we we talked to a guy up in uh, uh, Phillips, Wisconsin, and he said up Ross's there, what did he say, shop. Danny? Three, three Ross's Force Shop, yeah, and he said they were like uh, three fifty a dozen. Well, you our know, what are they down by that. you? Well, our big ones are 350, but I buy 100 flats at a crack, and I'm still, I'm I don't have to raise the price. They're they're 
five a dozen for the regular, three fifty for the big boys. So I don't have to, I have okay. enough worms where I I got ahead of that curveball. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, one thing I wanted to I, Danny. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go, you go, you go. Danny, do you sharpen those silver minnows? I have a I have a hard time with them. I I take a file and I try to sharpen them down. I it's rough for me to hook them on those. You know, I uh, I pretty much being this is the musky fisherman in me coming out. I pretty much sharpen hooks on virtually almost every bait I have, Bill. Um, yeah. Now this particular silver minnow, like I was saying. Um, I like to use a little teaser on their little plastic, uh, kind of like uh, John Carlson was talking about. And uh, then uh, I pulled it out of a tackle box. I hadn't used it in 20 years, and I didn't sharpen it, but I felt the hook, and it felt pretty darn sharp. So I, I pretty much, I'm sure I sharpened it years ago. But I'll tell you what, it hooked those pike solid. They got that. It's amazing. It's got that weed guard. And you'd kind of think that it wouldn't hook them as well as it trouble, but when they chomp on it, man, they get that big single hook right in the corner of their mouth, and uh, you know, I, I didn't lose one of them. Are you using power or a power pro that you're getting such a hard hook set? Yeah, I uh, I got I didn't take a bait caster up there. I took took this uh, spinning spinning rod that I sometimes have that if a guy wants to throw that for muskies as well. And, uh, yeah, I got 50-pound braid on there, and I got a solid hook set. Uh, it was really cool, man, because, like, the uh, they, they come up, you're wading in, like, waist-deep water, and most of the time they hit, like, right at your rod tip. But they virtually come porpoising out of the water and just hammer it, either a spinnerbait or a Johnson Silver Minnow right on top. And, I mean, they're, they're right there. It's really cool. But the the one, one I caught on the Silver Minnow, I cast on out. Now, this was one didn't hit right by me. I cast out, and the fish rolled on top of the water. Three casts later, it rolled again right behind the bait. Then it, next cast, it rolled once behind the bait. I keep whining. It rolls again, and the third time it hammered it. It, it was pretty cool, but it, it was hooked well once it decided to eat. Wow. That's exciting. That really yeah. is. Yeah, it's really it's cool. It's like, a top, it's like a top water bite. Yeah. Well, listen, that's about all I have, but I, that, that cold water spring when I used to scuba dive, when you started talking about that, it just brought back memories of all the fish we would see around those. And I think oh, people, that's... if they had those those temperature gauges and they used them in the boat and just moved along slow, and if they seen a spring, that colder water comes all the way up. That's something I, uh, to concentrate around. Bill, I read an article, I think it, it was in Wisconsin or Sportsman years ago, uh, a guide, uh, Travis Richardson, guides the Madison area lakes. And uh, he used to catch uh, big tiger muskies in Wabisa when they were planting them. But one of the things that he said, which I thought was interesting, was he had used a temperature gauge and found some spring holes on Wabisa, and he would go back there and fish those spring holes with uh, big sucker minnows and chubs, and he'd put it right on that spring hole, and that's how he caught his hybrid tiger muskies because tiger muskies should be really called tiger pike. They're more like pike than they are muskies uh, because they do prefer the cold water as well as the pike. So not only does it attract pike, but it attracts tiger muskies as well, which I, I didn't know until I read that. It all ties in, doesn't it, when you start yeah. thinking about hard enough? It well, Bill... Gets- when you mentioned uh, that you were bring, brought back memories, I just got to say that 
That's what Danny are. We're memory makers. <laughs> you know what, guys? Okay. I, I was walking down the river with a fishing rod in my hand 50 years ago. And you know what? I'm walking down the river, and I feel like a kid again. I, and I'm just as excited as when I was 12 years old, walking down the river, getting ready to go fish. And I just love just, I mean, sometimes the simplicity of walking along a river or a lake and fishing from shore is almost preferable to messing around with a boat, you know. Oh, yeah. so, uh, you it, gotta, it's bringing you back to your to your boyhood there, your childhood. you, you got to include the red-winged blackbirds fighting and dive-bombing. Oh, yeah. I love it. I, yeah. I love it. I, I talk to oh, the red wings. No. When I see the red wing on patrol, I all say, how are you doing, Pa? Watching the brood? Yeah, yeah I'll talk yeah, to okay. the red wings. All right. Hey, Bill, thanks for calling, all right? we got to go. So thanks for calling. got me going. Yeah, Bill Beal over at Sportsman's Den on 54th and Burley. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you later. Villard, bye. And and okay, bye. Villard. What did I say? I, I can't. Burley. Remember. <laughs> oh, I said Burley, and it's Villard. Sorry about that. All right. Anyway, hey, we've we've got about uh, okay. See you, Bill. Yeah, we've got about a minute to go, Danny, and maybe a little less than a minute. Uh, we got our music playing. It's been another Saturday morning where the two hours went by oh so fast. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here watching the people launching boats, going fishing. I saw a hot air balloon this morning. So, uh, hey, 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 hot hey. air balloon! <laughs> <laughs> You'll never see me in one. <laughs> Ain't no way. Next week, I got a story. I got a story about that next week. All right. Well, anyway, that's hey. all I got, Danny. All right, that's all I got. To all the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll talk to y'all next week, my friends. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't survive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.